Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I am your host, once again, Hunter Salazar. Now, today I want to talk about something that might not seem spiritual or, or religious or magical or supernatural in any way. Um, this is actually going to be uh, an episode about a movie that I watched just yesterday. And this movie is called The Platform. It's a Netflix original, so if you just type in Netflix um, dash uh, platform, the platform on YouTube, you can find what I'm talking about. And on Netflix, it's just called The Platform, of course. Now, this this movie was... Man, I've n- I have not seen a movie like it. This is why I'm sharing it. It also had a number of really deep messages that were you know, pertinent for the times that we are living in now with uh, dealing with shortages of, like, paper towels and and uh, Kleenex and toilet paper and even canned food uh, because of the coronavirus now across the world. Um, so I'm going to guide you through this movie by starting out with, you know, a hypothetical. You know, bringing you from stage one to stage you starting to understand what the hell is going on. So... Just put yourself in the position of somebody who wants to get a degree. Um, there's a lot of people who are trying to get the same degree. There's a lot of people that are um, going to school for many years to get the same degree. And um, you're offered something, you're offered a situation. So they tell you, you can go down into this um, research lab, this um this multi-layered facility for six months and then you'll get this degree that you want a whole lot. And there's an added bonus of you think it's a great way to quit smoking. Great way to keep uh, quit smoking and a great way to earn a degree just by living somewhere for six months. Um, I imagine it's something like a PhD. So you're like, okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm willing to be a part of this experiment for six months. And then, uh, you know, they go through the formats of asking you certain questions. And one of the questions is, what is your favorite food? Ask yourself, what is your favorite food? And they say, okay, that will be provided for you. So your favorite food is there. And uh, they tell you that you're going to have a cellmate. You know, every single month you change cellmates. And you'll be on a different level of this facility. Uh, you don't know who the cellmate is, and you don't really have a lot of information on what this place is as far as the experiences you will have in this facility. So you say, okay, and then uh, they kind of gas you, put you to sleep, then you wake up, and you're on, you're on this, um, you're on a, something that says level 47 on the wall. You don't really know what that means, but then you see this old man across from you. He's pensively looking at you, trying to understand you. And then he starts talking about uh, there are three kinds of people. The ones above, the ones below, and the ones that fall. He says that there are three kinds of people, and these are them. And you, you really question, you know, what is he talking about? And then he starts telling you about the, the facility that you're in, because you really don't know what you're, what you're dealing with here. He says there's over a hundred and something levels. And you, you look over, you, you approach the center of the room and you look over and you see this huge square hole. And you see a bunch of different levels below you. 
So for instance, you're, you have, you're in this room. It's a big square room. And there's a smaller square in the center where there's a bunch of levels below you. But it's basically the size of a very large feast table that's going through the very center of all these different levels. And then you see many levels above you. Um, this old man explains to you that the way you get food is that there's, there's, there's this platform that goes through the center of the room. It starts on level zero. Level, level zero is where everybody prepares the food. Employees prepare the food. Um, and they put everybody's favorite food onto this big feast table. Plenty enough for over 300 levels. So they send it down. You get about a minute or two to eat as much as you can, and it keeps on going down. Um, he, so, he slowly starts to explain to you that um, you will get on a different level every month. You'll be assigned a different, a different cellmate every month. And you have to learn to survive. You have to learn to rely upon your own survival instinct. Now he starts talking about he starts talking about why he's there. He's there because he threw a uh he threw a TV out of a window and then it landed on an illegal immigrant, killed him. And instead of taking, you know, responsibility for that, he says, uh, you know, he shouldn't have even been there. He was illegal. He shouldn't be in the country. He does not want to take responsibility. And then every time the table comes down, and it comes down every day, um, you'll notice that he'll just gorge himself as much as possible. And then as the table goes down, he'll spit and sometimes piss on the table. And then you ask him, why, why would you do this? There's people below us. You don't know how many people, but there are people below us that are going to be eating that food. And he simply says, because they're below us. You know, he either spits or, or pisses on the food that other people have to eat just because they're below. And then uh, to move the, for the, the story forward, um, everyone gets one item to bring into this prison. It's more of an experiment, but it, it is a prison because prisoners are sent here, people who are violent. You don't know if it's a harmless person or a serial killer that you're going to deal with when you're put on with a different partner every month. But uh, every person gets one item they can bring in. It can be any item. It can be a gun, a samurai sword, a surfboard, a book, a dog, money. It can be any one item that you wish. But you're not really given a lot of context as to what you will need when you enter this place. Because a lot of people that would have gone to a mental asylum and a lot of people who have gone to prison... Um, will have commuted their sentence, being a shorter sentence, by going to this place. And apparently some people go there voluntarily to get a degree or to achieve some, some internal or um, external goal, either provided by the administration or something that's internal that you want to work out. Um, but nobody knows how bad it is before they get in there. That's what makes this even more terrible. So... You're you're on this you're on level forty seven. You're on a 
I said, I don't know what I said before, but 47 or 48 is around where the story starts and you meet your roommate, uh, your, uh, <laughs> your cellmate, I guess. And, uh, by the way, there is a kitchen and there is, I mean, not a kitchen. There's a, there's a faucet and there is a toilet. And, um, so there's no like difficulties with that. Um, there's also a towel. Um, but another thing is that if you hoard any of the food that is on the platform when it goes down, if you try to take a bunch and just hoard it, then they'll turn up the temperature or turn down the temperature in your particular level until you die. So that's why you can't hoard any of the food. You have to eat as much as possible and then let it go down. Now, this does not apply to people jumping onto the table and then traveling down. Um... At this point, it should start sounding like various levels of a class society. Um, you can't convince the people above to not take more than they want. And you, and some people, just think the people below them are pathetic. And so they'll spit or piss onto them, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Um, so... You know, I want to say that there is spoilers in what I'm about to discuss. So just understand that the platform, if you have not watched it, if you're thinking about watching it, there will be spoilers ahead. But before we get to those spoilers and continue with our journey in the platform the movie, let us hear a word from our sponsors. All right, everyone, we are back. So let me go ahead and start off with the quote from, uh, well, said by Don Quixote. That is, um, you know, a very fine point in the film itself. One that is uh, revisited again and again um, throughout the work. Throughout the work, um, so Don Quixote, money quote, says, "Being wealthy doesn't make us happy, but spending it well does. Happiness is wealth well spent. Happiness is wealth well spent." That has to do with. You know, when you hoard something, when you have so much of it, you don't know its true value. When you use the wealth that you have to give to others, to provide for others in a way, spending it well for both, you know, medicine or food or even places where people can communicate or congregate or even... uh, making churches or mosques or temples. This is wealth well enjoyed because wealth well enjoyed is not spent by an individual for oneself, but distributed and spent for others first and foremost. So let's continue with the story. So you find that this old man roommate, kind of a squat old man, brought a, brought only a knife. You brought a book. <laughs> Where uh, that has the story of Don Quixote. So now you've been in you've been in this cell for about a month with this man, and then you start smelling gas. You're like, "What? What is that?" And he's like, "Oh, well, we're about to change. We're about to change um, cellmates. So every month, once a month, you change cellmates and you go to a different level in this prison. This prison where." The food on a feast table starts at level, you know, is made on level zero, then goes down 
um, goes down the levels all the way down to hundreds of levels. But um, if you're on level one, you'll see everything and you'll be able to gorge yourself. Then all the way through 48, because they still have a lot of food on 48, uh, where you started out at, um, you're fed pretty well. Um, the general idea is that all 666 um, inmates in the 333 levels, they can all be fed if everybody just took the amount that they needed. But that's not what happens. And this is a huge reference to how society is. So um, after a month, you start smelling gas, and then you wake up. You're like, what's going on? You see red lights. You see a red light still left over from the gas being being uh, initiated. And uh, you, you try to sit up, but you can't. You're tied down. Your arms, your legs, your head. There is a muzzle on your mouth. Well, not a muzzle, but a, a piece of fabric tied around your mouth that's, that's latched to the bed that you have. You each have a bed, by the way. And um, you're struggling. You're trying to get free. And then your cellmate, the same man that you started out with, you realize is the one that you're going to have to continue with for this second month. He walks over to you with a knife. And he starts saying, he starts saying, you know, I, I want you to live, um, but we can't both be of the greatest health. Um, you start struggling, you start trying to free yourself, but the knots are too tight. You really don't know why he woke up before you, how he, he was able to tie you down, um, but you keep on struggling. And he explains um, that he has no desire to, to only eat alone. He says that when he actually starts starving in about eight days, when he cuts off pieces of flesh from you, he'll feed you a little bit yourself so that you can live I'll be feeding you parts of yourself so that you can live and so that you don't rot in this month that you are with him in the cell. And after eight days, after struggling, after trying to trying to get free but also understand and speak to this man that is holding you hostage, he starts saying, you know, after eight days, he unloosens your, your, uh, your mouthpiece again and you say to him, you say to him, I want you to know that I'm not holding this place responsible or any else, anybody else responsible for my death. I will hold you specifically responsible. And then he says to you, his cellmate, uh, you have been purged. You had purged. You've been purged of the desire to kill me. You've been purged of the resistance to your situation. And now you are fresh and clean. And now you can be eaten. <clears throat> so he starts cutting into you. Uh, once again, y'all have woken up on level 171, I believe. Y'all have woken up on a different level with the same roommates. So this is why he has devolved into this state where he has to eat you. Um, but the table comes down, he checks it, and then he turns over to you, 
when he starts carving off a piece of your flesh. That's kind of day one. And then the second day, this woman that's on this table comes down. Once again, I'm kind of mixing up the events here, but I hope that you get the idea. So this woman comes down on the table. She's one that he told you about. She's the one that's trying to look for her daughter or her son that's stuck in this place. You don't know where. And uh, she saw that you were a nice person. So she jumps off the table, grabs the old guy that's carving into you, and then stabs him and kills him. And then she unties you, and then she carves off pieces of him to feed her, herself and you, and she feeds you too, even though you're free now. Uh, and then she keeps on going back down after two minutes, down to lower levels. So there's a lot of horror in this in this movie, for sure. There's a lot of horror. Um, but there's a lot of characters that seem very poignant when it comes to other people in society. You always have those people that just because somebody is below them, they'll spit on their food or piss on them. You know, metaphorically, they'll just talk bad of them, not really care about them, just because they're below. Not because that you are especially, that that person is especially high, but because they are below. And that's even said in the film. It's like, why did you, why, why did you just spit on their food as it goes down? He's like, because they are below. This is the way of things. Um, so eventually, you know, he feeds on this old man's body. And which is already dead, and the maggots and everything like that. Once again, this is there's a lot of there's a lot of extreme visuals in this movie. I would not recommend it to people who who would be harmed by such things um, mentally. But um, so eventually, he gets a new roommate. You know, the gas comes again next month, and then he passes out. And then when he wakes up, there's this uh, you know. It's kind of a stringy white guy, the one that we've been following. I've been giving you details over time, so I do apologize for that because I'm just relating. I'm relating a movie that's. Uh, I'm trying to include all the details, but there's man, there's a lot of details to paint a picture for you. So the main the main character is a kind of a wiry, white dude. He's not he's not built. He brought a book for God's sake to <laughs> this pit, and they call it the pit. But he didn't really know what he was getting into. So he wakes up and he, he finds this really muscular black dude like with a big old rope around his um, arm. And he's yelling to everybody above. He's like, hey. And you, you look up and you see that you're on level six. On the side of the wall it says level six. You'll have a bunch of food. There's only five levels before you. Which means ten people before that food gets to you. And they all have like one to two minutes to eat. So you're going to have a bunch of food. But this black, this uh, muscular black guy, he seems pretty nice, actually. He's like, hey, brother, we're so close to being free. And he has this rope around his arm. He's like, he's yelling to, to a couple above them. Uh, it's a man and a woman. And, uh, yeah, there's men and, men and women in this pit. Um, he's yelling up above. He's like, hey, um, hey, can, can you, uh, can I throw this rope up to you? Can you tie it so that I can escape? And then I'll go to the next level and the next level. Um, and said, he says, uh, you know, please, by the grace of God. And the guy above, he's like, hey, uh, what God? He's like, the only God. There's no distinction made as far as, as to far what religion he's talking about. And, um, you know, he talks to, he talks to that man above when that other woman that's right next to him, but not really speaking. 
And uh, he says, um, God has told me that somebody will save me today. That I'll be rescued and put in a higher place. And all you need to do is to help me up to the next level. Just please tie the rope and I'll come up. And they're like, oh, okay, so uh, God wants us to help you. So uh, yeah, that's easy enough. And then they, they tie the rope. And uh, he starts climbing. And then once he gets high enough to where he has to reach out his arm to... He's like, help, help me up, brother. And this this white dude kind of laughs. And then this the white chick uh, basically bends over and, and basically shits on his face. And then he slides down the rope. And then the, this, the spindly guy that we've been following grabs him, makes sure he doesn't fall, and pulls him off to the side so that he doesn't fall off the edge. And then the other, that white couple, is laughing. And uh, then the black guy goes over to the sink in the room and just washes off his face and his head and you know it's it's a big metaphor for it's a big metaphor for the racial the racism that is, has existed in america and other places that even a somebody of african um descent getting so high up they're just like please help me up just a little bit more and we can be on the same level just help me just 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 pull me up just a little bit. And then people above saying, nope, and basically shitting on you metaphorically. Saying, you know, no, I'm not going to give you this job. I don't care if you got a degree. I'm not going to help you out a tiny bit, even though all you need is a little bit of, a little bit of food to survive, food stamps. We see this racial dichotomy so much around the world where black people are basically just shit it on it's a metaphor yeah but it's it's awful and um even a lot of black people who get to who earn their level you know he was very close to the highest level she's like please just give me an arm just just pull me up a little bit more i can climb i will climb right up to the edge all you have to do is shake my hand i can climb up this rope right to the edge of where you are just shake my hand. Just grab my hand. Just be my brother. But what happens? There's still a lot of people who know. I won't shake your hand. I won't give you the same opportunity. No matter how far you've climbed. Even if you're just on the edge. At any rate. Um, as we continue. So. The uh, thin wiry white guy. And the, uh, the muscular black dude. They they get along really well. They're not they're not douchebags like everybody else. Um, they start talking. They're like, "Hey, you know what we could do?" So I actually skipped a part of this movie, and it was what the part that I skipped was. Um, the part that I skipped was basically one of the people that worked at the facility wanting to come down because she had cancer to try to convince everybody below them, and she she shared the same cells as, as the wiry white guy. To convince everybody, everybody below them to, um, to, you know, only take your portion. And it wasn't until the wiry guy said, hey, I'm going to shit on your food down there unless you only take your portion. And then they did it. And then they're like, hey, you got to tell the level below them. But it was only through that threat. It wasn't through, like, trying to convince them. Trying to convince them didn't work. But anyway, we're moving on. So the, the black guy and the, the spindly white guy. Um, 
they start thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe we can get on this table. And as it goes down, we can make sure everybody, all 333 levels, they didn't know how many levels there were. But they're like, everybody gets only the portion that they need to survive. So they make weapons, makeshift weapons. Neither one of them brought a weapon in, even though they could have if they wanted to. It's their one item. But nobody knew how bad it would be. Anyway, um, so they make weapons and they start going down every level. They're like, they try to convince people. They're like, hey, just take what you need. You don't, you don't have to do this. Look, if we all get into this together, then every single one of us can survive. And nobody listens and like nobody's listening to them. So they have to, they have to threaten. They have to, they have to hit. They have to even kill some people because they won't just take their allotted piece. A piece of the, uh, of the feast. And, um, they get to a, they get to one level and then, um, there's this old black man in a wheelchair with, uh, some guy behind him and, uh, and then the, the muscular black guy obviously knows this man. He's like, oh man, he's like, oh, it's, you're, you're still here. And then the white, the spindly white guy's like, uh, who is this? Uh, he's like, oh, he, the muscular black dude is like, oh, he's a, he's a very wise man. And the man says, you know, they explain what they're doing to the man, and he says, look, yes, keep on doing that, but just try harder to convince them beforehand. Violence is not the way to go about it, and violence should be abstained from as much as possible. So they take up that mantle. They're like, okay, we're not going to be violent. And they try to convince people so hard, level after level, but nobody really cares. And they have to threaten people. They have to push them back. Even hit some people in the head. Just to make sure that they only get their allotted portion. And it gets worse as they go down. The lower and level, lower and lower levels. It gets worse and worse and worse. And eventually they hit levels where people are just dead. Like, they'd be changed, like, everybody changes cells once a month, but once you hit a certain level, like, 200 and something, there's 333 levels, then people are just dead. They're just starved to death. The ones that weren't willing to eat each other, the ones that couldn't, the ones that, um, the ones that just couldn't survive one way or another. Because there's only one way to survive, and that would be eating each other. The ones that couldn't do that, they're just starved to death. Um, this is a big metaphor for for society as well. Once you get to lower and lower echelons, the ones who, a lot of people on the bottom who aren't resourceful enough and aren't willing to take advantage of each other, a lot of those people starve. A lot of those people die. Maybe not in the United States, but in a lot of countries. There's just nobody alive down there who hasn't taken something from somebody else because everybody on top starting with level zero takes too much gives too little and it breaks the heart of humanity and well there is no places elsewhere there's no other place here on this earth every place is one place we're all in this together 
So they go further and further down, and they've been injured. The muscular black guy is bleeding out um, because he got a wound from a samurai sword. And the other guy, the spindly white dude, has been beaten to a pulp, but they still survived somehow and, and like, killed the uh, very murderous duo that they encountered uh, way later on. Very hardened criminals, probably, with weapons. So, um, so their whole mission was the idea of making sure everybody get only got as much as they needed. And they had this idea that if they could just preserve this one really fine dessert this whole time, that that could be a message of protest. That once the platform started going back up, you know, it goes up really fast. Uh, once it got to the top, there would be this one fine dessert untouched. That could be a form of protest. Like, we're not going to eat everything you provide because we don't like this system. That was their idea. So once they get to the bottom, 333, they find that woman's child that was on the table earlier. And it's, 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 a, it's a little girl, very little girl, eight years old, something like that. And she's hiding under a bed, doesn't have another cellmate. And they say, oh, this girl actually existed. That woman that was trying to find her, her son... You know, get the, the information got discombobulated. Here's here's her daughter. You know, that's the information that once you send it up the line, it gets a little fuzzy. Once you send that information up to the top, anyway. Um, so, you know, they talk like maybe we should give her to the dessert. She's like, he's like, no. And the other guy's like, no. It doesn't matter which guy. It's like, no. This is the message. And then eventually, they're like, ah. Okay, and then they give her the dessert, and she eats the dessert messily, of course, like little kids do. And um, then, you know, the, the the black guy, unfortunately, bleeds out, which was actually one of the more sad things in the story, because he actually was a good guy. Like, he didn't want to hurt anybody. But anyway, um, so... He has the spindly white guy. I'm just going to call him that because I don't like the name that they chose for him. So I'm just going to call him that. <laughs> Names in this are super hard to remember. Um, so he, he's like, okay, maybe the the child can be the message. So he puts her on the table. Well, he, you know, he guides her over to the table. She's eight, so she can get on the table. And she lays on the table. And then when that platform starts to go up, it goes really quick. And she starts going to the top. Um, but before that, it's a little bit fuzzy right now, but before that, <laughs> cause it's, it's a, there's a lot of different pieces to this movie before that he somehow gets to the very bottom, which is this dark pit that's like this, just imagine a huge warehouse that's just completely dark. It's way bigger than any of the cells. So like when, when the table goes down all the way to that pit, he gets off and then platform goes up and rushes that that uh, child to the top but this is really it's really weird because there's this like gigantic blackness that he gets off like he gets off of the uh platform and then just kind of walks into it and then he's been talking to the cannibal guy that was his first roommate the you know the whole time it's, he's kind of like left in his head 
And as he gets off and he's walking into the darkness, you know, they they keep on talking. And and it's it's so strange because I didn't think this at the time, but when I went when I looked at reviews and stuff like that as far as like what it actually meant, him and that cannibal guy, well apparently he well he was a cannibal too, but kind of like after the guy was dead, but um basically leaving the old ways behind. Like the the old ways are done. They go into the darkness. But the new ways are instilled into the children. They're left behind. So that kindness of giving her the dessert, being kind to her, that is the first step to leaving a message to the rest of humanity. This is my own understanding of it at the end here. Um, The people that we leave behind are children and the people we influence while we're here are our message to the future of humanity. Everybody else that will exist after us, our message to them is what we leave behind. The people we live leave behind, not not just what we write, what we do, but the people we live we leave behind, especially the children, the children that we raise, the influence that we have on all the people while we're here that they pass on to other people. That is our message to the future of humanity, to the faces that we won't see. To the people that we'll never know. Our message is humanity to humanity. And that is one that cannot be ignored. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope all of you consider these ideas. And have a great day.